0: The a member of WGPRN, wildgamesproductions.com.
1: Hoi, chummers. This is your sysop, Zen dead here at the Hidden Grid. And after a crazy amount of stuff going on over the last couple of weeks, we are back to record the new episode of Hidden Grid and hopefully have it out on time for all of you Shadowrun junkies. So, Hero, are you there with me? uh co-host 15b is operational but slightly inebriated yes ah very very good so man it's been a couple of weeks so what have you been up to lately
2: actually i've gotten back into my comic book addiction and i'm now reading fucking bendis's scarlet it is so good i don't care what anybody says pick up scarlet it is so good It's amazing. So I I won't say anything more than that. It's just Nemesis done correctly. Pick it up. It's bound to be a movie. Just get Scarlet.
1: Okay. What are you reading? Actually, it's funny because I just recently picked up the 4th, 5th, 6th, 7th, and (laughs) 8th trades for Transmetro, which is an awesome, awesome, very Shadowrun-esque political graphic novel about yeah, like anything and everything to do with government and socialism. It's actually really, really neat.
2: I don't doubt that, but I just don't like Ellis. It's Ellis who does that, right?
1: Yeah, it is. It's, it is so good though. Like I don't normally read comics and somebody was like, you really need to read this one. And I'm going to admit something right now. And that's that I really don't like, you know, Game and as far as a writer and everyone Yeah. Oh my
2: god, you don't like game? Okay, okay. I don't
1: like his comics. Um I love his novels. I don't like his comics.
3: Okay.
1: You know, it's it's just something about him. I I don't feel like he can put enough into describing a scene because the some of the artists that they have doing like that they had doing stuff like Sandman and stuff like that we so all over the place. I just – it wasn't like a coherent vision. Okay. well, And that's, you know, that's really what kind of threw me
2: on those. I can totally accept that. Like whenever it comes to an intellectual property, you either are there for the artist or you're there for the writer, but it – If it's just one writer and one artist working together, it'll get really messed up. And I can understand throwing it to the side. But if the artist is changing, that's when you have to accept the book for what the writer does. But if the artist is constant, you know, vice versa. But right, Damon is awesome, my opinion. Ellis, I'll give him a chance. I will read Transmetro, but you have to pick up at least the first two issues of Scarlet. I'll buy them for you if you won't read
1: them. <laughs> well, hell! If you're buying, okay, it's done deal, dude. I'll if you're buying, I'll read them. I'll send them to you. Okay. Maybe. <laughs> if you don't keep them for yourself.
2: Well, no, I, I I have issues to spare, but it's shipping.
1: ah, oh, it's shipping. You lazy bastard! Come on. Okay. Uh, what did I? I already sent you a t-shirt. A t-shirt. You sent me two t-shirts, which two, I love. See.
4: See? So
2: long as I can find the second t-shirt, then I'll... I will i will know where it went. I just moved, man. I can't find my Voltaire shirt. But Which hey, one? I want you to know...
1: Oh, yeah, the Voltaire yeah,
2: shirt. The, yeah, the... the, the um, what, what is it? The... Uh, goth. What is it? Oh My uh, Goth? Oh My Goth, yeah. The Oh yeah. My Goth shirt. It's brilliant. But I want you to know, I just fucking... Or excuse my language. Oh my God, we're explicit. Yeah, I, we are. I threw out downtown Houston for like six hours in my little, like biking chamois and the hidden grid t-shirt so i'm lucky no rocks were thrown at me but i hope people are asking what the hell is hidden grid why is he doing this so let's hope man that would be awesome yeah and well you know what we'll get we'll get the hidden grid t-shirts a little bit later in this episode i bet
1: oh yeah actually i was wearing my sweatshirt today at the Civil War reenactment.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so what was that like, man? Like, oh, it was awesome. You earlier, and you're like, oh yeah, I'm <sighs> sorry, we can't record it right now. I'm going to a freaking Civil War reenactment.
1: Oh, like- it was awesome. <laughs> um, we got to see There was uh, oh god, what was the battle? It was in Virginia. It was the battle was originally fought in Virginia. Okay. And it was the beginning was the the counter battery fire so that it's like artillery pieces shooting at each other and then there was like the mounted or it was all unmounted cavalry for the most part and then they had like some of their guys come up on the confederate side and they actually beat back the unmounted cavalry from the union and then the union or then then the confederate like actual like troops started coming in there was like 600 participants in the battle
2: okay so is this like larping at its worst with special effects or did you actually get to <sighs> see a cannon fired man they were
1: actually firing cannons nice. i mean they weren't shooting like cannon balls but huh? they were loaded with bl- with blanks so that they can i mean dude there were smoke rings that were four feet across
2: but still foam cannons are still friggin nerf cannons right Fo-
1: no <laughs> no they're shooting like firing a real cannon Okay. It's just instead of like there isn't like a cannonball going out, it's just the powder.
2: So who's so bent up over the Civil War that they have to reenact it with cannons? Like, <laughs> oh, it was just cool. <laughs> I history it was. buffs? No, I bet it was, dude. Like, you know? I, I can't say I wouldn't go if someone like, hey, dude, come with me. Like, let's get drunk and watch the Civil War. <laughs> I mean, it's it's like an
1: hour long fight. Yeah, pretty much. You <laughs> know. And, and that was well, that's ex- what it was. I think it was. I think the battle was uh, was forty minutes from beginning to end, from the first cannon fire to when they actually stopped the battle. The battle after the Union had actually overrun the Confederates, hmm. and it was one of the few that Lee actually uh, lost so to we kinda, Custard.
2: We kind of really like a- cool. A civil war going on across this podcast, don't we? Because you know, I'm a, I'm a deep Southerner, born
1: and raised. And I am not. I am a Yankee forever.
2: And and I don't brings... even like
1: going south of the Mason Dixon line. <laughs> honestly,
2: <laughs> I know, dude. Like the entire time you said you were at some anime con in Tulsa, you were crying. Oh <laughs> like, god, it was, I was horrible. <laughs> I was like, I'll drive eight hours to come meet you. Which brings us to my next point. We've never friggin' met, dude.
1: No, not physically. When are we going to You were to supposed Well, you were supposed to come up uh for Christmas.
2: Well, yeah, I was I was Christmas. no,
1: no, you we had originally talked about you coming up and couch surfing.
2: Yeah, that's when I was in and, New York. And, Whenever and we couldn't do the podcast cuz I was in New York and I was going to drive to Chicago, but like it was either a choice of stay in this swanky apartment, not hotel apartment in New York throughout <laughs> the week or drive for a day and then you were like, yeah, we're pretty busy throughout the week, so you can sleep on my couch, and we'll hang out with you when we can't. I'm just giving you crap. I'm giving oh, you crap.
1: Yeah, it was, no. it's always the week before like Christmas is always really rough for us.
2: I totally wanted to, but when are we going to meet? Like, There's so many cons that I've got to get off my butt and go to one, but...
1: Well, you need to get your ass to Gen Con is what you need to do. I do. Punk. Yes. <laughs>
2: I'll sell, okay, look. Here's a new contest. Someone buy my hidden grin shirt for whatever the ticket and flight and hotel stay is for Jennifer, <laughs> and I'll be there.
1: Well, you know, or you just you know suck it up and save until you can afford to go. Yeah, that's true. You know. So what news do we have? <laughs> what? <laughs> well, I don't know. There's been a fair upshoot in uh, new members on the forum, which has been awesome. We've actually had some really cool uh, new discussions going on there. Yes. Um, We've also got, we're going to talk about a new segment that we're going to be introducing called, it's going to be the Street Guide to Not Getting Fragged. Basically what we're going to do is cover things such as, corps street gangs traditions uh, magical traditions organized crime different cities even just a little bit of stuff about different places but in... not only
2: not only are we going to discuss the general idea of that but we might go into greater detail and discuss specific
1: members of these organizations oh yeah I think that would be the best way to do this so that's that's going to be in the works, and we're going to be doing that. And then all of that stuff is going to be able to be found on the forums. Yeah. Stat write-ups, all of that stuff. We're going to put all of that stuff together and put it on there.
2: And let us know what you want to hear about on the forums.
1: Right. And so there. if there's um, if there is a certain uh, slash forums. Slash forums. Yeah. <laughs> if, if there's like a particular, you know, one of the top ten triple A's that you'd like to hear about or something in particular, let us know, and we will see if we can't work those into some of the first ones that we work on. Because if there's no one's got any interest at all in, you know, say Corrupt, which I seriously doubt, but if they were to have nothing to do with that, um, then, yeah, we would obviously want to put that one further down than like um, Evo Aries. or something. Evo or Aries or whatever. I mean, whatever people want to hear about, we'll start with those first and slowly work our way through the top ten.
3: Hey hey,
2: the noob mentioned a major corporation. Dude, hats off. I know, I'm impressed. <laughs> he
1: actually got one of them right. Yes. <laughs> but as far as our new members go, we actually have quite a few. Uh let's see here. Let me let me drag that list up here.
2: We have F Steve Harmonic? Harmonk? F. Steve Harmonk? What the? How do I pronounce that?
1: I don't know. I think uh, F. Steve Harmunk is probably correct. Okay. And then we've got Speedbump. Indeed. Who, is, who has been uh, posting fairly actively and Lego who has been really posting actively of all of <laughs> yeah. our new forums. <laughs>
2: he's posted more than I have.
1: <laughs> no he hasn't. You, you still got a few on him but I think he's going to catch you. It's probably true. Uh, he is he is our first official announced foreign listener for, in the forums that I know of.
2: Okay, so we have America and Germany. No, no, because we have well, no, last doesn't count because she's a New Yorker. She's she's
1: in New York. <laughs> oh no, Malius who is in Canada. We've had several Canadians. Uh, is but this Malleus
2: is, in Canada? I thought he yeah. was Europe. Nope,
1: he's Somewhere. Canadian.
2: Okay. okay.
1: Uh, but, From yeah. the
2: continent of Canada. Oh, yes.
1: <laughs> no, uh, Lego is actually German. And yes. he sent me the if I could have picked a person out of the contest for the rule book. Oh yeah. I would have chosen him.
2: I agree entirely, dude. Because like, he, he yeah. is
1: he is a native German speaking guy yeah. who is in school. And he actually was introduced to Shadowrun by his English teacher. Yep. And the only copy of the book that they have is the one that's in German. They don't have an English copy.
2: So when he's on the forums, he's listing specific things pertaining to the book. He has to do a very loose translation. So he's totally in need of an SR4 book, if anyone's really sympathetic.
1: Right. Well, and also their group that they play with, at school, because they play in, during school. I don't know if they play during school, but they play at school. That that English teacher is actually leaving this year. This oh, is the no. teacher's last year. And he actually wanted to give it to his teacher as a present.
3: Oh,
2: wow.
1: Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, that was actually the real reason why he wanted it so badly. And that was, I was just, I was blown away. Oh, that that's well, what he well. wanted to do is he wanted to win the contest to give the book away.
2: Come on, Dr. D. You got <laughs> you got a battle for your position. You have to be like, damn it, I won it with reason. Come on, Dr.
1: D. <laughs> so, okay. So after Lego, we have Spaceman. And, and then <laughs> Braston David. I think so. I don't know. That one might be a fake. We'll find out.
2: Yeah, I believe he's a spammer. I really had a lot of faith in Inferno twenty-four. Come on. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then uh Note <laughs> I think that might be another one of those spammers.
2: I'm not um, reading the next one.
1: Evan <laughs> <laughs> Galteen.
2: Yeah, I think so. And then Lousy Dice so. Roller, also a very active member.
1: Yeah, yeah. And then uh Johnson. Ten twenty three,
2: and Loki. Both of those members as of today. I hope to see you guys post in the forums. Come on, Loki. Yeah,
1: Loki is my uh, brother in law. So, oh
2: well. Okay, Loki posts in the forums by pain of death.
1: Right, because I actually can like physically harm him.
2: <laughs> Phenomenal. So, well, welcome to Hidden Grid. We'll physically harm you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly. Isn't that the best part? Indeed. So, I listen. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's kind of why I do, too.
2: Oh, and, and hey, a special shout-out to Tommy Gunn for responding to my call-out and actually posting on the forum. So That I've, is true, really- he did. <laughs>
1: he did. I was actually pretty impressed by that. Yeah, see? So. And then, let's see, I think that's everything as far as new news goes yeah. for the show. So I think what we'll do is we're going to go ahead and take a short little promo break because we're going to be having three promos this show.
2: Two, technically.
1: Well, I mean, there's always
2: that. We have our sponsor and then two promos for Friends.
1: That's true. That is true. All right, so let's go ahead and throw that promo in here, and then we will see you on the other side where we are going to talk about Character generation. Spoiler alert. Ah, we gotta do it so that they wanna stick around. Well, people
2: wanna stick around so they can,
1: you know, hear the drunk host babble about (laughs) Alright, so, promo, and we'll see you on the other side, folks.
2: Greetings, societations. This is Hero with Swinginamiss.net, a podcast dedicated to all things pen and paper. Wait a minute. Isn't that a bit of an oxymoron? You're an oxymoron. Quit messing up our promo. Yeah, Hero's doing a good enough job messing it up on his own. <laughs> I hate you both so much. Swinginamiss is a podcast providing player and GM advice, general discussion, news interviews, and, and actual plays, regularly released. Be sure to join our forums, www.swinginamiss.net, building better gamers one role at a time. Nothing,
1: right and we are back. Surprisingly, I survived. Yes, you did. You didn't, you know, OD or, you know.
2: OD? Did... Am I a junkie now? No,
1: you can OD on alcohol. It's called alcohol poisoning, dumbass. You
2: can OD on carrots. My grandfather did. He turned bright orange. It was quite frightening.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? So you should have saved that for later on. That would have been a great segue for the Q&A with a noob. Dork. <laughs>
2: what my grandfather? Okay, whatever.
1: You'll see. You'll see. All okay, right. Just okay. that's a little little, you know, jab in there. A little foreshadowing. I don't know. I don't read the questions until you read them to me. So I know you don't, even I though don't you should.
2: Pay attention to the
1: forums at all. That's not true because yeah, you're true. actually one of the more active members. <laughs> that's true. All right. So in our main topic today, we are going to talk about character generation.
2: My favorite part of any game, and that's not a lie.
1: Really? It's kind of a game within a game.
2: <clears throat> Dude, like, my favorite... Okay, I have to I have to put a segue here. My favorite aspect of most modern-day role-playing games on computers is character creation. Like, I... Oh, okay, I might be misspeaking here. I might, I might not be completely truthful, but I hated, like, Icewind Dale when it came out for PC. Because you kind of, like pick a list of characters and that's it. But games like Nox or the original like well even today but but the whole Fallout line where you could create any aspect of the character and it was all about like either build points or whatever you decide what flaws and things your character had that's what I love the most. Once the game actually started I kind of lost interest. I don't know why. Maybe <laughs> I just love pain. But I love character creation.
1: Well, you could, you could be a lot about pain. I mean, honestly, that's one of the big things. Well, and, and that's the thing. I mean, character generation is interesting because it has, especially Shadowrun, it has some really neat concepts that you can actually pull. Don't get to do in a normal game. Like, you know, how do you, how do you mix certain things such as, you know, the cyber, cybernetics and the magic? Absolutely, you know, and you know that's one of the things that it it is very good at combining those two, and also keeping them just separate enough that there are roles, and that's the one thing with with making a character in Shadowrun. You have to figure out what role you want to play.
2: Yeah, and that's something that even to date that I am so overwhelmed by is every time that I get the opportunity to create a character i'm like yeah yeah i get to play and then i stare for 15 minutes like what i and everything's so shiny it's like i was finally let out of my cage and released into a world and i'm just everything's so amazing and i don't know where to start
1: yeah that that can be a very overwhelming Part of the game is that that whole concept of character creation.
2: Well, you know, actually, I guess I guess that's not true. I guess that I do know where to start if I have my go-to character. You know, like in the past ten years or twenty years of actually playing role-playing games, oh, I always loved elf characters. So whenever I get the option, damn it, I'm an elf and I'm in tune with nature or some form of the elements. But I'm also you know, a ranged fighter. And so that's what I'm going to go for. I'm going to create that archetype that I generally go for, but whenever you actually sit there and stare at all the options laid out in front of you and you've exhausted your go-to character, that's when I get really cross-eyed and, you know, dunce cap on, and I don't <laughs> start. So that's what I am about
1: to say. Okay. All right. Well, see, the, the basic... Premise is what I always try to do whenever I'm introducing somebody to Shadowrun is I say that there are basic five types of characters in the game world, and from those you have each one has their own, you know, their own benefits, their own flaws, all of those things. So you have your your gun bunny, gun bunny, gun bunny, and whatever shit. Yeah, this is a, like literally a these sanctioned are my
2: terms. Termed? These are your terms or these are sanctioned? my terms. I think okay, gun bunny like gun
1: it. bunny, which is, you know, anybody that is about shooting stuff.
2: And extremely cute. And they, they could be
1: whatever. But you know, gun bunny is just a term that I use. You have your wheel man. So your riggers, stuff like that, all fall into that category. Now, riggers are obviously a lot more diverse than that. And we know that. But for now, we'll just stick with, you know, real broad strokes of the brush here. You have your magicians, and you have your tech guys. Okay. because That's four. And then you also have your face.
2: Okay. You, sound- you have your social character. You sound like you were done. I'm sorry. Oh, no.
1: No, no, no. You also have your, your social character. I was going to go into a little bit about, like, you know, yeah, your tech characters are, you know, your hackers, your, you know, the guy who yeah. does breaking and entering specialties, stuff like that. And then there's – you You can really fuse several things together and you can get some really interesting combinations. Yeah. Because Absolutely. just because you have – you're a gun character doesn't mean you can't also be magical. Yeah. And or, Then you have the
2: gunslinger adepts, and then you have your, you know, adept martial arts characters, and, and right. So yeah, right,
1: and and that's you know that's why I use those big broad strokes when I'm when I'm trying to get somebody that's just now starting to understand what it is that they're going to be getting into. I mean, this is what I do. This is how I describe it. You know, those are the five types. And then if they say, well, you know, can you mix these up? And it's like, well, some of them you can, some of them you can't. Like, you really can't have a magical cybered-out gunslinger. I mean, that's just, it doesn't work.
2: Can I actually ask you a question right now when it comes to that? Whenever the world of Shadowrun was first introduced to me, I was like, man, being a hacker would be so awesome. And it appealed to me more than my love for being a magical elf or whatever, any other game I'd played. I was like, man, being a hacker would be so cool. But then when I started hearing the rules about the game and how you know, complicated <laughs> stuff was, it deterred me entirely. And I was like, you know what? I'm about to set my own computer on fire because I don't wanna I don't wanna hear about this. So whenever I'm gonna create a character for a game, should my actual knowledge of a subject or the rules of the game deter me from creating that character or should i rely upon the gm to give me the understanding that i need to build that character because like you know the difference between an adept and i'm a, a you know actual like mage to me right now seems like do i want to be a superpower or just a magic missile thrower i don't know what that really means so should that deter me from my character building
1: no, actually it shouldn't because your character development beyond once you've actually created your character uh, should be a, a more, I would say, interactive dialogue between the game master and the players. I mean, because if you're wanting to, to build something very specific and you're not really sure what you, you know, like, well, our group really needs a Decker. I'm intrigued by that, but I've never done it. Mm-hmm. You know, a good game master should be able to walk you through how to be a decker.
3: Okay,
2: well, in the past, let's say, three years, I've only been able to build characters for Shadowrun with a group of people at one time. Every other time I've built them, the last like two characters I've built have been by myself, without the GM present, and I've had to go off my own guns. What's your suggestion? Do you think that once you have an understanding of most of the concepts of Shadowrun, someone create a character by themselves, or do you think it should be a group character build?
1: Honestly, I have done both, and my personal feeling is, is that a group character building session, as great as it is, anyone that's ever built a character knows with the current system that they have in place three weeks it's its a long process <laughs> uh, hours hours and hours and hours I mean I can crank out D20 characters in two hours
2: the Hidden Grid podcast would like to inform you that it takes a minimum of two and a half days to create a Shadowrun character that
1: is all Well, I mean, when you're dealing with 400 points, 400 build points just goes a long way. Oh, my God, dude. It's insane. I mean, you can really have a really diverse, diverse character. Well,
2: this is what bugs me, is you gave me 300 build points for our last APs, and I built that character within a snap. Like, I felt that it took me maybe an hour and a half to two hours of, you know, debating with what everyone else had to try to fill in the blanks. And that character came out so smooth, but he was more diverse, more different than any other character I ever built. But when I get 400 build points, I really get retarded. I get cross-eyed, and I'm just like, ooh, shiny, what is this? And I it takes forever.
1: Yeah, and there is a lot of that because between all of your ability scores and skills and, you know, your edges and flaws—I don't even know if that's what the they call
2: them. The positive and negative qualities. Edges yeah, your positive. What, what's up with your White Wolf, man? I've been drinking White Wolf vodka all night, and you're thinking White Wolf games. Come on. Well,
1: man. actually, in uh, <laughs> third edition, when they first introduced that, they were um, called edges and flaws, Bubba. I don't doubt that, <laughs> Mister Guru. There. So, so yeah, I mean, and that, but that's one of the things. It's it can take you a very very long time if you're not comfortable with a you have so many points. Build your character.
2: Well, do you do you have a? I mean, I don't know if this exists, so I could just be talking like a total retard, which is my whole point for being on this podcast. Is it's there true. a streamlined? Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Love your support. Um uh, <laughs> Is there a streamlined character creation that you've ever seen? Like a? Oh yeah.
1: A, oh yeah. When they when they first started doing the system. Okay. I'm talking
2: about fourth edition. Okay.
1: I'm talking about four e. Well, uh, hold on now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back up for you a couple of editions.
2: Okay. Welcome okay. to Professor Zended's 1987 class on Shadowrun.
1: Right. Well, in the first and second editions, they had something called a priority system. Okay. And there were uh, – you had race. You had – whether you were a magician or not. You had attributes. You had skills. And you had resources.
2: And that's kind of the order of importance.
1: No. Oh, okay. You choose the order of importance on each of those. Now, whatever you give to them gives you a certain ability. Um, like, if in earlier editions, if you wanted to play someone that wasn't human, you had to put your first priority into race. Okay. Um, if you wanted to play a magician, you also had to put your first priority in race. Also unless, had
2: to put your force Unless
1: unless you were playing something that was not human, then you had to put it into the second spot. Oh, okay. And then if you wanted to be an expected magician, which is, you know, like adepts and stuff like that, you had to put it into the second slot. Or, if you were a metahuman, you could put it into the third slot.
2: Okay, I understand that.
1: And then your skills were... You had so many skill points, you had so many attribute points, and then you had so many... Spell points and money, like actual like cash.
2: Well, what's the thing behind changing that system?
1: Well, it was fairly closed.
2: So you only had really a limited amount of options, is what.
1: Right. So if you wanted to play a magician, you always had to play a magician that had crappy stats, because well, there were no good stats. You you blew all of your stat points on Race, the ability to age, do age, magic.
2: Age, again, yeah, okay. Yeah, I see that, but that's... Okay. And money yeah. as
1: well, because magicians chew up a lot of money <laughs> Magi- in the, the earlier editions.
2: But magicians didn't need money as much as
1: other races... Or as oh, mostly, as no, no, no. If you, played a ma- if you played a, a hermetic mage in first or second edition, anytime you wanted your sorcery skill to go up, you had to buy a library for your sorcery skill at the level that you wanted to go to. If you wanted to learn a new spell, you had to have a a magical theory library, which was a skill in those days, of at least the level that you wanted to go to for the force of the spell that you were learning.
2: Well, sure, but what was the cost of those compared to uh, cybernetic It was
1: it was rating squared times like two grand.
2: Okay.
1: So you go to a six. There's thirty six grand Were there in kids? a library.
2: Okay. Here's my question: Is whenever like Cyber Bob Barker is doing Prices Right in 2060 or whatever the second edition's year was, could you win that? Or was that just way out of even Bob Barker's league?
1: That was even out of Bob Barker's league. God damn it. Was, it was rough. I mean, <laughs> older older editions made it really rough to create some really interesting characters. Okay. Now they've given that flexibility back.
2: Well, do, do you think that...
1: Never mind. I, I
2: won't pose <laughs> that question right. No, not what? It's just that in... In those days, most RPGs, you start off as a really bland character. You're a kind of cookie-cutter character. And then throughout gameplay is when you develop and become unique, and you get to make those choices to make yourself such an individual. Whereas in modern-day RPGs, I find that it's more and more... um,
1: Make what you want to play.
2: Yeah, like you get to create... Oh, I'm fucking Phil Smith, the noir detective with uh cyber eyes that blast blow jobs. And, like you can <laughs> I'm just saying like you you can do whatever you want with characters at the beginning and then watch them develop at a bit slower pace is what I've noticed. And that's not only in um pen and paper games, but even in uh not actually I lied. I find that I find that I'm gonna shut up because okay. I'm Contradicting myself with what my next statement was,
1: so never mind.
2: But you were going to say
1: MMOs, weren't you? We
2: get MMOs now. You get four options: are you Bob? Are you Jane? Are you Dick? Or are you, you know, formaldehyde? And then you go off and you look the same as everyone else until you spend enough time in game, then you become an individual, which was my first point. Right. Is that you start off very basic and that's the that was kind of the intriguing to me, is like, oh well I feel like everyone else, but as I play is when I get to make the decisions and build my character as I want. But that at the same you know, on the other side of the token, that's what's intriguing about Shadowrun is from the very get go, I feel that I you give me four hundred points or even three hundred points, and I can build a character that no one's ever built before. And no one looks like him. No one talks like him. No one's had the same story as him. And that's what I, I really do like about Shadowrun. But do you think that they fixed the system by putting it at this build point system compared to what it was in earlier editions? I think they made it
1: easier for people that were wanting to get into a game where they could make exactly what they wanted to play. From the beginning, they could do it. Which is great, because, you know, not everybody nowadays can devote... We're not 16 and in high school anymore playing. I mean, we don't have all day, every day after school to play. Dude, I'm 26 and in high
2: school. Why do you think I'm the dunce? I (laughs) I could do this.
1: (laughs) But, I mean, that's the whole thing. I mean, most of us have day jobs, and, you know, we only get to game every once in a while, so... There, there has been that shift. I think that 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 paradigm shift in the entire industry to yeah. being more about from the get-go, play what you want to play, have as it's, much fun as possible.
2: Is that with the exception of D and D? I think so
1: because <laughs> you know, so, fourth edition pretty much just destroyed everything. As far as I'm concerned, um, are, actually, one of the form, one of the forum members, honestly, I think even said. Oh, the, no, it was, uh, it was Boogan Knight over at the WGPN forums said that Shadowrun is the only 4th edition uh, system he has on his bookshelf. <laughs> so, Or that he would put on his bookshelf. He yeah. doesn't even own it yet. Well, the, he might now. Uh, he actually was asking me, was it really worth getting
3: oh, absolutely.
1: The, new, the new 20th anniversary edition and everything? And I was like, dude, for the index alone, it is worth it.
2: Oh, my God, the index is sexy. I would screw that index and make children. But let me ask you a question. Okay. And I know I'm sidetracking. Has the deluxe edition been released already? Did I miss that?
1: The uh, the the nice slip cover with uh, two bookmarks. Yes, and... the deluxe edition. Yeah. Was it? Oh, yeah. Oh, did oh yeah, miss it, it was. Oh, yeah, you did.
2: Oh my god, send Actually, me a link, at man. Dragon
1: Con, hold on, at Dragon Con, I got mine.
2: What, you have one? I have one. Oh my god, dude, I... I...
1: Okay, it is super sexy here. Hold on, hold on. They are no... There were only 1,500 of them printed.
2: I know, I know. I have number
1: like... 1411.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I hate that Zendid. I hate him to pieces. Ugh.
1: Uh yeah, I got it. I got a hold of it at DragonCon. I was I was uh Brent actually made sure that they had some there because I had mentioned to him that I didn't I didn't get mine at GenCon this year.
2: Will you post that on the forums? Just post a picture of it so picture I of to, it? So I can quit like torrenting porn so I have something proper to masturbate to.
1: Oh yeah, it's uh, it's dead <laughs> sexy. There's actually um Inside the front cover of this book, there's the, you've seen in the, the 20th anniversary edition, right, the regular one, there's the, the Seattle, C, uh, like, sci- skyline. Yeah. Um, there's a, a special insert that's four-page version of that. It's the full skyline. On one side, it's in blue, and you flip it over, and the other side, it's in red. Nice. It so, is put on so your sexy. 3D
2: glasses from 1980, folks.
1: And you could be able to see it in full, <laughs> living 3D color. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a dead sexy. It's got a nice slip cover. Uh, it's uh, yeah. I'll I'll find it. In, I'll see if they've got any in the in the sh- in the uh, what is it in the store. Here oh no! Quick.
2: When when Adam Jury first described it before it was like made, I, I imagined it was. I thought it was in like all black leather with golden gilded edges, and I was willing to like trade my firstborn for it. Oh, but it look. still sounds to give like a quite sexy product there.
1: Oh well, the uh, the the slip cover itself has the artwork on it, without anything like, you know how the cover it's got the elf chick and the the mage sitting there, and then the. Dwarvy looking guy With a sword
2: No 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 what we have here Is some bitch who looks like my Ex-girlfriend some guy Who looks like a pedophile and Whatever his name is From uh friggin Rainbow six That's what we have on the cover No dwarf
1: (laughs) Okay well that's what it is But there's no Shadowrun logo on the front of it
2: And no Catalyst or 20th anniversary core. No Book. No, it's just it's the artwork. Just
1: pure cover art. It's just pure cover art. The back? What about, what about in the binding? Hold on now. The back of it is the back of the the book with just a little thing with the under license from and like the the pertinent information that they need to. And the cover is or the the binding has the the tribal s yeah, that, that Shadowrun has had, and then it's got the 20th anniversary limited edition Shadowrun Catalyst Game Labs and then a get on the bottom limited edition, and the the book itself is actually a silver uh, printing gilded, well the, the cover is just uh. black leather that just says Shadowrun, and then where man meets magic and machine, that's the front <laughs> cover the back is just the Catalyst logo
2: You wouldn't like me when
0: I'm drunk.
1: (laughs) And it has a red and a blue page binder, like page marker for when you're reading it. Oh, yeah, it's a dead sexy book.
2: (laughs) Please post images of that so I can seriously... Actually, yeah. The new well, contest, the- guys. Welcome to the new contest for for Hidden Grid. Um, Chuck's gonna win Zen's book. <laughs> Just say yes. That's all it takes. Just send, oh. a, send a post that says yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, let's see. Let me see if I can find you a copy of the the book because it's it is that sexy.
2: Uh, dude, I, I really was looking like out for that forever, but it just kind of took too long. I'm kind of ADD or whatnot. We're supposed to be talking about character generation, but...
1: We are, and you sidetracked me very successfully.
2: Uh, uh, winner is me.
1: <laughs> right?
2: Well, okay. When it comes to... Keep looking, by the way. This is why I'm talking. Um, It's all sold out.
1: The limited edition is no longer on the website.
2: Ah, uh, eBay list
1: and, uh, yeah you might be able to find them there but yeah it, it appears that they are actually gone from the main list but the 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 index that we that started this whole entire conversation yes, yes, yes. is actually great because that index covers a lot of the things that you need in character generation
2: it's not just the, it's not just the index it the, you know in the rule book itself whenever you go to okay well I want to try to be an adept it'll be like well If you're trying to be an ad to do this and also refer to this page of Street Magic for this specific information, the actual text of the book itself has been altered to address all the supplements that have been included inside the index and since the initial book
1: was released. Correct, which is what makes this book so damn sexy. Actually, any of the 20th anniversary books are like that. They yeah. all have that. It's, yeah, yeah, it's one do. of the really nice things about them. They, they really cleaned everything up and, and tried to incorporate everything that they've done.
3: Dude,
2: I found it for forty four ninety five.
1: Yeah, Yeah, that's the current going price for the, the just 20th anniversary book from them.
2: Yeah, I found the limited edition one for forty four
1: ninety five. dollars Nice. Nice.
2: Someone needs to send me money. What, <laughs> what's
1: the book number?
2: Um, oh, I see a picture of it live. Let me see if I can find the book number because if
1: it talking. is if it is an actual brand one. new
2: unread copy and shrink wrap, can you read the number from there?
1: or not did you send it to me over Skype?
2: it it wait like it doesn't read the number it just has a picture of the front but i'll I'll
1: send oh, people- well, yeah, no, no it doesn't mine doesn't have the book number on it but you would want to know what the book number is because the original book like in shrink wrapping it actually has the book number on it. Okay. Or at least it should if it's properly wrapped.
2: Okay. Well, like we were saying.
1: (laughs) Right before you started going off on all these tangents. I
2: know. this This is why 15B fails. So, I'd like to go ahead and by the end of this episode, I tip my head off to co host Sixteen A, who <laughs> taking over. Sixteen A is a bottle of Pepto Bismol who lives in my closet or something to that effect. Right. Um when it comes to character creation, I either have the perfect ideal for what I want before the idea is introduced to create a character, or I have to like stretch and reach and, and find what I want. The problem is that when I come into character creation with a preconceived notion of what I want, I find it difficult and I find that my actual stats and abilities suffer. Or if I go into it trying to search for a character and and you know grab on anything I can, I get a very baseline character. So I don't really know how to come into a character creation with an idea of a well-balanced character who is halfway what I really want and actually well-created for the system.
1: Well, okay, here is part of the deal with that. Number one, I think that all character creation should occur with your Game Master present. It makes it easier. You end up making sure that you have because you may say, well, I want to do this film noir type of character that is, you know, the the private dick who, you know, is totally this very noir feel to him. And when you bring a character to the table that you have no idea really what you're, you know, looking at sometimes, or you get distracted by all the shiny, all of a sudden you're like, um, yeah, this is my character, and... Here he is. He was kind of made in a void with no other interaction and nobody's really sure what he's like. And that can happen very easily. And then as soon as you start trying to interact with other people, that film noir character is 180 degrees from what everyone else at the table has made. Yeah. And I think that is... Character creation should be a lot of interaction between all of the players so that they all know kind of what you're looking at wanting to do as and the GM in, as well involved in all of that. I mean, if you're going to do it, you know, not everyone sitting at the table. Everyone should be involved. Let other people know what you want to make and how what you're thinking is because if you want to play like this really street level d- dirty gritty game, but everybody else is making these, you know, political characters, you're not exactly going to be playing the game that everybody else is. Yeah, And that's important to get hammered out when you're initially proposing the game to everyone. Is that that's what you should be doing anyway, is talking about, these are the things that I really think we need to have in the game. And this is the type of game that I want to run. And a lot of that is your your GM actually sitting down and going, okay, here is what I want to do. I want to run... Well, like when I came to you guys for the before we did the AP, I said, I want to run a sandbox Shadowrun game, 300 build point, very diverse characters. Go. And I placed certain limits on what you could have, what you couldn't have.
2: Yeah, it was very generic equipment, but we all had to know each other somehow as well.
1: And that was the other thing. I wanted every single person to know someone else in the group they had to know someone else in the group yeah. that way I'm not trying to force this cohesion that may not naturally exist
2: yeah you don't want a generic you all meet in a bar and you're friends now go
1: exactly I mean, because you don't want to do that because it just turns out bad Yeah.
2: well I mean some stories turn out good but that's been overdone and dried out and now it's just redundant and absurd
1: Yeah. So, you know, you try not to do that as much as as you can. And I think that really makes a big, big difference is, you know, not, not falling into the same traps. Now, see, here's something else that I've tried doing in games before is when I go to start working on a character, I will actually sit down and go, okay, this is the kind of character that I would like to do. I don't know if it can be made. So I'll try to make a character like that and try to make him in a void to see if it can be done easily. And a lot of times it can't. You just can't make a character like that and, and make it cohesive with anybody else that's at the table.
2: Well, you know, I think a character like that like could be built. But I think it would be if you have a GM who's ready for it, and you have another friend who really wants to play. I really enjoy games with two players. Yeah, but whenever you go to to groups of three or four or five and beyond, you know you need a very generic not not generic. I don't want to say, but a, a group that you have to have a different very, balance. Yeah, exactly, balance with each other, but. I think that if you have two players and one GM, you could do something amazing with two really unique players and kind of do something like really ready for books. For instance, you know, let's just read a Shadowrun book and you will know what I'm talking about.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, totally.
2: But can I I mean can I actually ask you uh, this is this is actually a serious question <clears throat> about character creation. Okay. Zen, you've been playing Shadowrun since before it was created. Is that correct? Is Not that, before it sense? was
1: created. No? Before it was officially released, I was
2: playing Oh, it. okay. Close enough.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, back in the back in the dirt factory.
2: Yes. Whenever you threw rocks instead of dice. Right. <laughs> um, I have to ask. Do you accept house rules?
1: Do I accept house rules?
2: Are you a fan of house rules? Or do you have any pre-established house rules for any game you run? That's what I have to ask you personally.
1: If I am not running a missions game, yes.
2: Yes. What what, what are your house rules? What are your go-to house rules? Where you're like, the system's kind of messed up here. This is what we're going to do. Do you have a certain list that you always announce when you're going to run a game?
1: Um, most of mine is background material. Okay. I'm. I have always been a fan of the concept of it's not you, it's who you know. Sure. So, contacts to me have always been really, really important.
2: Oh, sure. Well, like, whenever we started our game, you sent all of us packets, and the majority of it was contacts, contacts, contacts. And I was like, fuck, I thought this game was about who we were. No, it's about, da-da-da, who we know. Well, and um, who
1: you know makes a big difference.
2: Okay, well, the reason I'm baiting you into this question is I actually have a point. Is that, let's say, metahumanity became a reality tomorrow... Tomorrow was the awakening and
1: fucking like, you know, five years later. Well, know, I mean, come on, though. The awakening is only one year and But
2: all I'm saying is that it's <laughs> gonna take a couple of years to get used to it. Beyond sure. the the metaphobia and everything else is gonna come out of it. Let's say that to people who kind of are more tolerant four years from that from then, we're all gonna kinda be like, meh. Okay, whatever. Um, After the awakening, a dwarf comes up to you and says, Give me your money. What is your response?
1: If he were to do that to me.
2: Yeah, a dwarf walks up to you and says, Give me your money. What do you do?
1: Does he have a gun? No. No.
2: No weapons at all? No weapons at all. Unarmed. He just walks up to you. Throws his hand up and says, Give me your money. No, dude, dude, this is, we're talking about two thousand and what, fourteen here, twenty fifteen. He didn't have eyes in his, you know, hands, he didn't have guns coming out of his ass. Like, he's just a baseline dwarf who comes up to you, like, maybe he's half cyborg and can punch kind of hard, but a dwarf walks up to you and says, Give me your money. No, you You say no, or do you kick up? <laughs> <laughs> I run. <laughs> you run from a dwarf?
1: Well, I don't. Okay, dude <laughs> i i've I've been in enough fights to know that fights end one of two ways. Um, and in both of them, I'm hurting. Okay. When it's all When it's all said and done, I've been in enough fights to know that even the winner still hurts. Okay, let's see. If he's not gonna fight. Okay, never mind. Never mind. Okay, so I'm gonna run if he doesn't have a weapon. If he's got a weapon, I'm gonna give him my money.
2: But you're intimidated by this guy? Like no, this short no, you're not. okay.
1: that's no. Fine. That's you why know? I would run because I'm the just not gonna day, do it.
2: The next day, you walk home from work and then this seven foot big ass guy who's got like muscles built like a cannon. Not the little, you know, Nerf cannon
1: you watched at your little civil It was not a, a, it was a. It was a five <laughs> or seven pound cannon.
2: I'm just TG, man. But I'm saying, like, this guy's got arms built like that. And it doesn't have the Nerf logo on the side. And he comes up to you and says, Give me your money. Do you run? At that point, or what the hell do you do when this guy is seven foot tall, horns out his head, tusk out his mouth? Well, he would he wouldn't be he
1: wouldn't be seven feet tall. He'd be nine. Okay, nine.
2: I'm sorry. Because
1: they're two point nine meters, so that's Thank
2: you and I care about <laughs> metric conversion for what reason? <laughs> you should. I'm the, I'm the noob.
1: Do you know why you should? Because ninety nine percent of the world uses the metric.
2: And I care about that, but right now I don't.
1: <laughs> so When he
2: comes up to you, are you going to be like, You know, my friend, you're just seven feet tall, but you're quite more like nine. I should inform him. Hey, I, I would probably... Kill me for my money, not seven foot, hero. Like,
1: I would probably give him the money. Okay, so... B- because, I mean, I could run, but he's got really long arms. He might catch me before I can get away
2: so three foot one stone guy comes up to you or three or was it two meter one stone guy i don't i don't know meters dude
1: um, What's the dwarf's height one point four or something like that i think okay or one, 2. one and one
2: one and a half meter guy one stone is that correct yeah comes up to you begs you for you know tells you to give him his money you're like Fuck you. I'll walk briskly. I'll jazzercise away from. <laughs> and then when big troll dude comes up, you're like, Wah! and you do the whole scooby shaggy, legs spinning in air as you disappear. Why is it, by the rule book, that a dwarf is minimally far more intimidating than a troll? They aren't, dude. The troll can only be like based on stat points. Four is the max that a troll can be intimidating, whereas the dwarf is immediately five. As the okay, max. but okay. an elf, yes,
1: a little, fairy theoretically, comes up and
2: he's three.
1: Three. The- That's three? almost the
2: max of a troll. The elf is more intimidating than that.
1: Yes. Those are inherent flaws in the system. We're not talking about that in the system. Yeah. Sure. The intimidation rules are a little wonky. Um, That's all I wanted to point out. I wanted to say one
2: point noob and then 12,000 points for everybody else in the world. Because I I, I, I mean, I don't know how you would separate it. How would you separate it? You wouldn't be like charisma, intimidation, scary motherfucker as a stat. But the intimidation is directly linked with your charisma in the system.
1: It is. And that is that is one of... I mean, the way they've reworked the system, that's why it's the way it is.
2: How was it prior to that?
1: You just rolled whatever your skill was. Okay. So skill was independent of statistics? Yeah, you, you had stats, but stats worked a lot different. Like you you didn't you used uh strength for you know melee damage because you rolled for you know all of that sort of stuff kind of like you know if you if you got into a fight your strength was your base for damage and just like uh you used your body stat straight to use for that so yeah it's it's a little weird
2: yeah well so I, I assume you have your own house rule for troll characters
1: I think trolls should actually have their own setup for what is I mean like
2: inherent specialization <sighs> skill
1: and skill is is one of those weird things with intimidation because I mean yeah it's one thing to be an intimidating person. It's another to have a monster that has a hand bigger than your face.
2: So, so yeah, I mean, like we I think they agree inherent... that orcs, orcs and trolls are just trolls because because all orcs orcs are bigger to be, too,
1: and they're meaner
2: and nasty. They're, they're bigger, but the trolls seem to be the more exception. Like trolls oh, yeah. seem to be the exception. Oh would yeah. You say for orcs and trolls, there should be an, a house rule established that they have an inherent like plus two specialization intimidation, regardless of whether they take rank in that or not.
1: Um, I would say that because, like in D anD D, I have a house rule the way intimidation works, and that is. That you can because that's another one that's linked to a stat, and the way like three point five does skills. Yeah, yeah. You know, you have an attribute that's linked to it, and you get the bonus whatever your bonus is in that skill. You get to add that to your d twenty roll. Blah blah blah. What we do for house rules, in like that is we do the negative counts as a positive for your charisma. So. I would say that in Shadowrun, if you were gonna do something like that, you would need to do a what's the best so way way wait to describe see, it? describe wait.
2: Baseline is six, right? What? Is baseline six? Is six yeah. the natural cap? And for trolls it's four, I believe. I gotta get to the page.
1: Yeah, I think they suffer a minus two so, penalty.
2: So there we get a plus two? Okay, I like that, man. That's that's a good rule. Just just a,
1: a real simple, short, fast way to do it. I mean, and then orcs would get a plus 1.
2: Yeah, cuz they're five. Yeah. Logically, that makes a lot of sense, man. I like that a lot. Thank you very
1: much for clearing that up. So I mean, if you're going to do a house rule.
2: Yeah. That's I'll, that's I'll one
1: like that. thing that I would like, you know. I actually we should do a show just on like some of the house rules that people have.
2: That's a good idea. If if anyone really wants to hear more about that, I mean, I've got a lot and I'm sure Zen has a ton more than I do, so um, send that request in. Do you yeah. think that we've actually covered character generation or not?
1: <laughs> we've been very all over the board with character generation. Honestly,
2: that's my fault.
1: <laughs> one of the things I would say with character generation is there are a couple of different systems. Figure out which one works best for you. Because we only covered two of them. There's actually a karma system that they've done, which is really wonky. I've never really gotten the hang of that one.
2: And I've never really heard of that one.
1: Yeah, basically what you do is you figure out how many karma points you want to give everyone. And then you have to buy everything as if it were the cost To raise, so you buy like a 1, you buy a 2, you buy a 3, you buy a 4 using Karma. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, I've seen that. So it's it's a lot weirder to use, and you have to buy everything, including money. For a very not-typical game, it works really well. And by not-typical, I mean you guys are not trying to do a generally good thing, if you're just trying to be kind of amoral characters, then, yeah, it's really, really tough to play amoral characters and use a karma system to reward you for being amoral. So they use, like, you can buy karma. In those games, usually. You you pay like X amount of new yen per karma point that you want to use to raise like skills or whatever. Yeah. And they do the same thing with character gen with it. You just have like, I think it's a thousand karma points. And you build your character as if you were baseline. You know, so if you're a, a human, it's you have a one in everything. Build from there. You have a one in all six, seven I think seven stats and then you basically buy whatever the build point cost is you double it and that's how many karma points it costs hmm. so yeah it's it's a little wonky uh, i've I've never been a big fan of that system because it's got a little it's got a lot more tweakability to it, but it's almost too much and in Character Generation, I mean, there's... Not only is there the main book, but also they cover a lot about Character Generation and the Runner's Companion. Yeah. And that's where you get a lot of the oddball things like changelings, and if you want to play an Infected or you want to play a Drake, all of those weird objects and things that you can make for characters are in that.
2: Well, if you're going to run a game and you're going to have, um, let's just say, one new player... In your group, are you going to restrict? Oh my god. Restrict? <laughs> yeah, that's what I was trying to say, but Drunk <laughs> 15B continues. Um, are you going to restrict your other players to building characters specifically from the core rulebook? Or are you going to allow them random abilities from this source and that source? And I'm not going to say mandate that your newbie creates a character from that, but it's it's just far too much to soak up. If anyone's going to jump into the Shadowrun world, I can't imagine anyone being like, oh, I want to play this game, and then getting every book and assimilating all the information and creating character using every book out there. That just seems way too uh, you know, improbable. So. It, is.
1: it is. And honestly, what I would do is I would say to somebody that's new, if you want to play and you want to start building your character, that's fine. You are restricted to the core book.
2: You you would limit one player to the core book? I would, yeah. uh, I I don't remember where I read it, but I... uh,
1: Because if you're not familiar, you can really make something that's broken if you start playing around with some of these other books. And you may not know, and you may not even mean to, but you can break the game.
2: It's absolutely true, and especially if you don't know what you're doing, you won't have any idea of how to build a character. So, something I read recently was talking about. I, th- I think it was a missions actually. It was some. It was either the rules or something somewhere it mentioned that if you want to try playing a missions game, pick a pregen out of the core rulebook, and if then. After your first pre-gen game, or after your first missions game, you want to create your own character, you can create it and then transfer the karma from that character to your individual character. And there's like a limit specifically to missions of like two transfers or between one game, and that's when you get to transfer. Then you get to create a new character and then transfer or something. There's some specific rule about that where you start with a pre-gen and then once you have an understanding, that's when you get to develop your own character. Would you allow that in your game? Like, hey, you want to come play Shadowrun with us? Here, here's the book. You read what you want. Read, you know, read the Idiot's Guide to Shadowrun and pick a pregen. And once you have an understanding, we're gonna murder your character, and then your own gets to debut, and and kind of give him that opportunity.
1: I see nothing wrong with doing that actually, because it gives them – It's it's a fast in. Yeah. And as far as getting new players in and getting them playing, yeah, that's a great way to get them in. But, you know, that's, that's not so much... Yeah, because, I mean, you should be able to transfer some of whatever you've done. I mean, if you've played in it, yeah, sure, totally. Transfer that karma that you had, transfer it over. But you can only do it once. Yeah. if If you decide, you know three or ten games in that, you know, this character just really is oh, not no, what I'm looking no, for. No, no, no,
2: It wasn't anything <laughs> like landish at that. It was it was something very simplistic, but there was certain numbers that kind of was like, huh, really? That's the number? And there was certain statistics, and I can't remember what it was. I think it was like two games after pre-gen. I think that's what it was. It was like you choose a pre-gen, be. and after two games, you can transfer karma, but you create a character... From 400 points and only karma transfers and that's it no more redos no mulligans at this point oh sure I think that's what it was I think it might have been two games but I'm not I'm not certain if it was even that but there were there was some weird numbers there that kind of confused me
1: sure yeah I mean for something like that I would totally allow allow that because you know somebody may not know exactly what they want and that's all good Maybe, yeah. You you find out by playing.
2: Dude, the world's so big. I mean, if anyone knows what they want when they first look at Shadowrun, I mean, well, that's not, eh, Never
1: mind. Uh, I was as a say- new player, as a new player, there are certain things that you just cannot... You, it's really hard to wrap your mind around certain concepts. Yeah. And I'll be the first one to admit it. I mean, yeah, I was the same way, actually, as you were with my first character. I was like, I want to play a Decker. They are freaking awesome. And then I started playing one, and I wanted to... Um, I wanted to choke a bitch.
2: <laughs> um, <laughs> Zendad curses! You all heard
3: it.
1: <laughs> I I really did. It It drove me to the point of homicide. It was so convoluted in how everything worked. And, I mean, I learned... And the first time I tried running it, it was it was I thought it was very easy to comprehend until I started actually doing it and trying to explain it to somebody else. And I learned very quickly that there are certain things that I just cannot explain very well at that time. And that was the one that I just could not explain to people. So I'd come up with my own house rules on, uh, on decking. And, and they were really weird, and uh, they will never ever see any kind of light ever again because they were probably in a notebook that I used when I was in high school, and all of those are no longer around. So,
2: I wouldn't know what to do at this point running it, and that's that's kind of what intrigues me so much about Shadowrun is that I just I, I'm equally intimidated as I am intrigued about playing a modern-day game of Shadowrun. Like, back in the day, you know, in in 2nd Edition, it was more like, okay, I'm going to make a roll, did I hack the system? And it wasn't so um, convoluted as it is now. I mean, just, it's so wild, the things you can do in the game now, and I haven't had the chance to experience it, and that's really what I'm wanting out of out of my future games here. But in the past it was a bit more ambiguous and it was like, sure you do or no you. You get confronted with, you know, black ice and there's a battle there while we're on the physical front and it's like, you know, street sound. Yeah, you know, it was just
1: It was it was very complicated to do and I understand that. And that's why it wasn't for everyone. And this game as a general rule has always been. I I've heard somebody complaining that to play Shadowrun you really needed to have uh, a degree in math. Yeah, and, Actually,
2: that was me last episode.
1: It, yeah, it could have been. <laughs> yeah. But You're see, this that is it is nothing compared to the old hero system.
0: Oh, no,
2: I don't doubt that which, at all. I know where you have to create this which connects you, see your vehicle. Just oh, to run?
1: <laughs> not even that. Not even that. Just core character creation. You actually had, at one point, it wasn't like find the average of these 10 numbers. It was find the average and multiply it by pi. <laughs> and I'm like, really?
2: Yeah, it's like, R- is your transmission of your super. You, are you telling me that I have to figure out the cosine of. The, what the hell is a cosine? Yeah, find the. Like, <laughs> of the transmission of your new super vehicle to make sure that you can reach your new... How powerful is the bulb in your new bat signal? Like, yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. I know that pal- pal- Palladium... I think it was Palladium system that created Heroes. I can remember.
1: Palladium no, Hero was... Just, was oh. hero, the Hero system was created by... Uh, I don't remember. Uh, no, but it's, it's Champions.
2: Cham- well, yeah, but Champions was... No, it was Champions the actual
1: Champions now, was champions the actual is- game and it was it used the Hero system.
2: Hero system is champions. Okay. Um mm-hmm. don't hey, anybody who listens to swing a miss, disregard that I'm on this podcast, okay? <laughs> um <laughs> Okay. That's fail by me, but I know Palladium is just as convoluted where you're just like, you know oh, afraid yeah. algorithm and, and confuse the fuck at everyone. It's it, it's it
1: was not nearly as bad as Hero. Like, the champions characters were horrific. Uh, there was, there was actually a character that I knew a guy made that he could fire off his, his one power, which was like a blast power. And he could only do it 24 hours after he had been hit. Because it, it took that long to build. The power that he needed wait, to set this mean, off.
2: Wait, wait, do you mean within twenty four hours of him being hit he has to
1: No, it, it took him twenty four hours. It was a yeah. it was a twenty four hour delay to his power going off. So
2: it's like a retarded version of Sebastian Shaw where it's like, ah, I can whatever you hit me with, I can throw back at you. Just give me a nap and a quick brief vacation to the Bahamas, then I'll be
1: the thing is, is that he could then annihilate an entire city.
2: Okay, so I'm going <laughs> to fall on my face drunk, and then next week, god damn you, America, I'll blow you up. Just hold on. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it was retarded. That's quite brilliant. Um, But yeah, and, and I mean, that's what he did. I mean, he just wanted to see if it could be done, and he did it. And there was, there was somebody else that had done one that, like, the, the charge on his power was, like, two weeks or something like that, but he could blow up Earth.
2: It's just a useless power. Exactly. You punch the guy in the face, and he's like, oh, I'm sorry, what was I doing? What? Uh-huh.
1: Yeah. It, but that's what, you know, that's what the guy wanted. He wanted to see just how bad he could break the system. Well. And that's one of the beautiful things with the new character gen for Shadowrun is they, they don't allow you to do that. Because you have limits placed on beginning characters.
2: Absolutely, man. Like every time I build a character, I come up with something di- different. It just—it takes a long time. It's not a pickup game. Like I don't care what you say. Shadowrun is not a pickup game unless you hand someone a pregen. And uh, I mean, the rules are simple. Once it, once you're done with character generation, the rules are very simple. Yeah. Easy to understand. Character generation is the hard part of this game, and and that's the the biggest gripe you get out of fourth ed, is that character generation for even the the savvy pros it takes about two to three hours to create a character. Me, I'm not gonna lie, takes me a couple weeks. But granted, I have other stuff to do. But yeah,
1: well, I mean that's I mean, like I I sat down at one point. I said, you know, I want to set up a game to you know, run at a convention. Yeah. You know, just a four-hour slot. I'll make the characters. And I sat down, and after seven hours, I had two characters done, and I said, I'm done with this shit. (laughs) But I was also trying to turn something out before, and I had waited until the last minute, which was, of course, my fault. Yeah. But by the same token... If character generation, I had been using, like, the priority system, I had gotten so good with the old priority system that I could churn out a character in 15 minutes. Yeah. I mean, but that's because I knew what I was doing, and I knew how exactly what the points were and and how fast I could spend them on what I wanted to do, and there were ways to do it. Yeah, sure. And, you know, that's... What it really boiled down to. It was really tough, but I figured out how to do it like that. Nowadays, I can't do it. Yeah. So, but yeah, I think uh, character generation, I think we have pretty much said a bunch of stuff and, and, <laughs> and nothing. Yeah, exactly. Um, we're and we're I think that's kind of get- been one of the things that we've been doing a lot more lately is we're... We're, we're talking about things, but then there's also the things that we can't do. Yeah. And this is, you know, we've only got an hour or so to, to do a show in, so we need to, you know, wrap it up a little bit quicker than that. If people so,
2: want specific answers, they've got to go ahead and send it to the Q&A or a voicemail. Send us a friggin' voicemail or whatever. Right.
1: Yeah, and we can actually hit on a lot more of those topics in more detail.
2: So, right after these messages, right? <laughs> right. Well,
1: we are going to go ahead and we're going to take another break. And when we come back from this side of the the uh, the promo, then we will cut into the Q&A and all of that other fun crap that's on the other side of that.
3: Fit all
2: the gaming podcasts you possibly can inside your head with RPGpodcasts.com.
1: And we are back after that fun little promo. Okay, folks. So now what we're going to do is we're going to go to our next section, which is Q&A with a noob.
2: Or Q&A with host 15B.
1: Or with 15B or questions for a noob or from a noob, whatever you want to call it. So Do I get to ask questions? You don't get to ask anything. You get to try to see if you can figure anything out here. Oh okay. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Crack the whip, right? That's what I gotta do. So we've had we've had one new person on the forum that immediately almost immediately posted a question in the in the forums on this and it was Let me help get this going. I really sucked at anything to do with the Matrix when I started. I think it's all the gear stats that replace your meat stats. It made my brain melt. And that is from Speed Bump.
2: Okay. Okay, so he's asking about like
1: uh, your... I don't know if it even is a question. Well, no, no, no.
2: It, so... I, I, I think I understand this. He's talking about like when you got your, uh, what do you call it? The, the, your cell phone in the future. Why can't I can't remember it right now you're like your iris your fucking uh
1: your comlink. link yeah your
2: comlink, link which iris made a version of it uh so you have your comlink link and your operating system and then you have within the operating system you have its security and all that stuff so it's whenever Just you build all a of that stuff but, in general yeah, when you build a character who's even slightly technically advanced or, or savvy you're kind of creating two characters at the same time, but it's not nearly as much effort. So you have your character with his stats, and you have your Comlink. Your Comlink has its uh, base stats for how much friggin' new you spend on it in the operating system, and it has its own security stats. And so it's kind of creating its own character, but it's a lot less effort. So whenever you go into anything based upon that, you have, a simple... It's, it's like building a familiar in d d Like, it seems... It seems fairly simple as long as you divulge, like, like separate the two. Whenever you're like, okay, this is who I am, and then this is the calm link. And if you're gonna build a very Matrix-heavy game, you have to put a lot of focus on, on that kind of stuff. If you're gonna build a, a more street-level game, then it's just, like oh, well, you were detected because you had a very, you know, obvious LAN and, you know, we detected you because your security is so
1: low. Okay. So that's what you got out of it? See, where, what I got out of it is is that when the earlier editions came out, you actually had elements that were replacing physical stats. So, like, if you had a like you were going in to perform like a hack you had your sleaze score and your that, that was basically a number of dice and you rolled it against whatever their things were so basically instead of having meat stats you had your gear head stats that you had to replace as if it were a character.
2: How is that different from modern day? Like if someone comes in and tries to physically attack you when you're in the matrix instead of using your you know your body stat. You're using your—I mean, I don't want to say system specifically because I don't really recall—but it's it uses the stats of your comlink if you're wired in. But if you're a technomancer, then you're basing it off of your your sprite and whatever that other term is that I don't know—not uh, essence, um,
1: resonance, to,
2: resonance. <clears throat> so your, your meat stats are definitely like. Absolutely separated from your matrix stats, but it depends on what kind of character you are, whether you're a technomancer.
1: Um, or a packer, well, or even if you're. You the earlier. Okay, hold on now. The earlier editions, you used, like, your intelligence was your. Uh, Resonance, essentially? No, it was your strength. Your charisma was. No, your charisma was your strength. Your intelligence was your body score and your willpower was no your willpower was your body your intelligence was your dex and your charisma was your strength okay because so it was just six stats at that point
2: let's go and ahead. that
1: that is that is very convoluted and very hard to wrap your mind around at times
2: well let's go ahead and say because if i have an understanding of it that means that I am completely wrong and that speed bump must be talking about third edition or prior. So He's bump, talking please. about
1: earlier editions.
2: He didn't say that. I almost thought I knew what I was talking about. So let's go ahead and
1: Well, that's add- o- that's okay because no, and now Gears <laughs> actually replaces a lot of your meat stats and it's not so much that your your character actually had those other stats as well. What are you doing?
3: Really?
2: I'm plugging
1: in my laptop. Okay, because you're making a whole shitload of noise.
2: <laughs> so sorry. I'm, I'm running out of battery here.
1: So. Okay, so. But yeah, basically it's when, when he's talking about replacing gear stats with your meat stats, that all makes sense in fourth edition because that's what you do is you replace them with your gear. Yeah. Earlier editions, you actually replaced mental stats with physical stats. Oh, okay. So it was even more convoluted. So, yeah, it will make your brain melt uh, the first couple of times you try to figure it out. And I think, honestly, the best remedy for the Matrix is do more stuff with it, get really familiar with it, or you could go to our website on the download section and you could download the rules primer, which covers how to... Use all of your all of your roles inside the matrix exactly uh, for all of the systems, actually okay. how it all works and how you replace certain things so that you can do the things that you need to do.:
2: Is that usable over third and fourth editions, or It is
1: usable search. for fourth edition, actually. that's what I wrote it for.
2: Okay, so if he's using 3rd edition, he's asking questions based off 3rd edition rules, and he should just go to 4th edition, and then listen to the <laughs> hero?
1: Right. So oh, okay. there you go. There we go. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that would be my suggestion, is let's let's figure out what edition he's actually trying to talk about, because the, that all matters. Yeah. And... If he's strictly talking about 4th edition, then that's cool. But if he's not, we need to figure out which one he's talking about.
2: Need So let us know.
1: Right. Now, we had another question.
2: Another question? What's up with this? Like, another last time question. we had no questions, you asked one, and I was prepared.
1: Yeah, this time I'm going to hit you with one that's completely out of the blue. And that, the is by, <laughs> and that is by Null Operations.
2: Okay, I'm gunning for you.
1: All right, you ready? So copying from another post how about giving the folks a rundown on changelings and Uh, maybe some more of the alternative meta sapiens from from the companion gaming by the numbers and role playing with meta types
2: Okay Okay I did read about this based on my whole post for help the noob create a character for the missions game so I'm kind of prepared and I've prepared this Fuck is a changeling. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay, now no, this is. No, no, no.
2: Here, here's here's my assumption from what I've read. Is like seriously, I, as much as I appreciate the changeling for what it is, because I really do appreciate it in this game, I honestly do. To me, part of me really cries out and says that this is more of a uh, a plea, almost like a. Uh, Please play our game. Like I, I don't mean to be rude. Like because I love Shadowrun, but Shadowrun is in a specific world, and you have this specific scenario going on. And it seemed like Changeling was, oh, you want to be a cat person? You love furries, so go ahead and be a, a raccoon, and you can play Shadowrun. Is uh, am I really that far off?
1: Um. Okay. Changelings are really neat.
2: I don't doubt
1: that. To some degrees. Okay, so you have, basically you have three types of changeling. Okay? And with those three types of changelings, you have type 1, type 2, and type 3. Type 3s are what you're talking about. The ones that are fully freaking like, you know, furry, whatever, kind of way the hell out there. You have type 2s, which have like one or two things that aren't right or hey, are I'm weird a
2: human with cat ears and a raccoon tail? Or
1: uh a human well like you could have a human with low light vision and a couple of other qualities that are unique. Like you could give them a tail. But you could give them like a reptilian tail. So it'd be a scaly? Yeah. Or whatever else. I mean, you can do most of the... It's What they are is they're minor changes to the person's genetic code is really what it boils down to. Sure. And it's what it is is it's a slight variation on... It's someone that might be somewhere between, like, not a troll, not a human... Somewhere between the two.
2: Okay, so it's not specifically, like, animalistic.
1: Right. A lot of people have done them that way because about, they they do lend themselves to that.
2: What about demonic? Like, I could have a fork tail and. Fork horns. tail,
1: horns, red skin. Yeah, you can do that, too.
2: Okay, so Changeling is really just the whole, like, let's dress up Barbie shop version of, uh,. Shadowrun.
1: Kind of. Yeah. Why am
2: I mentioning Barbie during a Shadowrun podcast? I have no idea. I don't either. I think that's the White Wolf vodka.
1: <laughs> now, the other question is is about alternate meta sapiens. Okay. Do you know what those are? Surged?
2: No. Okay, swing a that-, <laughs>
1: <laughs> that would be changelings are the surged. Okay metavariants are things such as um let's see here each one of the core races has they're more like uh like economical or not economical uh no, 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 okay. geographic okay. geopolitical like variations on sure. a so race.
2: Like- like in, in general fantasy, you have like dark elves or the wood elves or the this elves, the wild elves, and shit right. like that. So that would be metavarians. So, in those trolls, would be now Slum trolls or some slum trolls, whatever. Okay, okay, I think I understand.
1: Well, and see, like that changes too because you can have like a troll, but you could also have like a cyclops troll.
2: Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, you can get kind of weird with these things. Where, where Even the things such as Minotaurs. Where do the
2: pink haired diamond trolls come in? What? Where do the cute little pink haired belly button diamond trolls come
1: in? Th- those don't. Oh. Honestly.
2: Fuck, that's no. what I want to be.
1: Uh, too bad. Uh,
2: can I be a changeling metavariant troll and create that?
1: Uh, you could, You could try, yeah. Sure. Okay. I'll go for that. But but we're not gonna let you. So oh. uh also the some of the other things are like, you know, they have things like hobgoblins and Oni and Dryads. Like things out of myth. That's that...
2: bullshit. So like I'd be like a tree troll or a Japanese demon troll, but I can't be a troll who loves no, a crystal no, 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 so no. like, in my belly button.
1: No no no. So like like Oni And hobgoblins are actually orc metavariants.
2: I don't care. I'm saying like Oni are like Japanese demons. Am I not correct about that?
1: Yeah, they look like those. But they're actually orcs. It's the ability to play something that's geologically. Like geographically unique to an area. Sure. It's like that's how orcs show up in Japan are as yeah. Oni. Okay. In the Middle East, they're hobgoblins. Okay. Um, there's African elves. There's um, like minotaurs are Greek trolls. There's actually a human meta variant too, which is like really unique. And those are called uh, the Nartaki. And they are they're like Hindu. They have like multiple sets of arms and shit. Okay. So they look like gods. It's there's like this whole creepy thing going on with them. Wow. Yeah. And then you have other weird stuff, and I'm talking weird stuff. Like you can play Infected.
2: Yeah, I know the Infected. I believe <clears throat> it's you can cannot... the vampire zombie variant, right? Right. Okay
1: then you also have other things such as what they consider to be non-metahuman sapiens so you can have something like a centaur
2: how is a centaur not metahuman
1: <sighs> they're sentient
2: how but... is an elf not sentient
1: no no a centaur is different they're they're really weird because centaurs are not uh, it's It's weird how they work because the way they describe them is that they are uh, the head and neck would be on a horse. Where those are resemble that of a primate with long arms ending in three digits and an opposable thumb.
3: What and a vaguely the...
1: equine head with an extended cranium perched on a long neck.
2: Oh, dude, you don't want to know what I'm thinking of right now. They
1: it's they look weird. Stuff. They don't look like a centaur like we're used to seeing.
2: I see a brain on a tree attached to a horse monkey head with three fingers You're and not weird. much else.
1: You're weird. You're weird. Whereas, like, pixies are like these miniature elves... Sure, you know. But uh,
2: you said non-sentient, like that. No, I said
1: f- I said non-metahuman sapients. Oh,
3: this is it where non-human. it gets weird.
1: It gets weird. It's wonky and shit. Uh, Sasquatches fall into this group. They're all sentient, but they're not human, really, and they're not normal metahuman either.
2: Okay, so because you can human- have
1: shapeshifters.
2: Do humans are humans considered as metahuman at this point in society? Is that is that part of the terminology I'm not understanding? Yeah, human. Okay, okay. Metahumanity metahuman. is
1: human, humans, elf, dwarf,
2: dwarf, dwarf orc, troll, and orc, and troll. Right. Even the goblinized are considered metahuman. Yes. Okay, so not non metahuman sentient creatures means everything else from harpies to bumblebees and
1: to dragons.
2: Okay. Okay. Sure. Dragons
1: technically are non. Metahuman Metahuman sapients. Okay. Also, what they've also started to include is synthetic intelligence. So, you can actually play an AI now. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, I I, I've read about that. I like that a lot. I thought that was a really cool angle. But I've never really played a. really matrix-deep game to to really uh, explore that avenue.
1: Yeah. Also, they have drakes, which are like these shapeshifting... Um, they are shapeshifting dragons. Kind of
2: weird. I kind of, for some reason, assumed within the Shadowrun world that a lot of dragons could be shapeshifters.
1: Yeah, a lot of them can. It's strange how they work. You can also... They've technically introduced the concept of using free spirits as well. Which is a magical thing. Yeah. Which was before... It was kind of like a magical AI. Yeah, kind of like a magical AI.
2: Kind of like that... Whatever... What's-his-name's wife was in Johnny Mnemonic? Uh... No. What? Why not? Do you know what I'm talking about?
1: Yeah, I know. No. Uh-uh. I win. I don't care. <laughs> you can think you win, but no. Because, um, yeah, that just doesn't even seem, like, close to what I was just saying.
2: You uh, <laughs> said some sort of AI creature who, what were you saying?
1: She was an AI. She was a human that had been imprinted onto a computer system. Yes. That's not what a free spirit is. A free spirit is a magical version of an AI.
2: She, she seemed to be as much to be able to like, transcend beyond what she was programmed to do.
1: and Actually, that would be an AI. Your mom's an AI. <laughs> Free spirits are magical. Okay. They, they don't exist in the Matrix at all. They can't.
2: I thought you mentioned this has something to do with...
1: with. Animals. No, I said they're like... Like the closest oh, simulation I, that you can make to what is a free spirit is... Sure. It is a magical artificial okay. intelligence.
2: That, that's why I got confused. I it was like... It's, it's it's AI, but magical. Like I felt it was in the realm of the Matrix. And that's
1: no, it it, it uh, exists in the physical world, and I'm that's the only place that they live. <laughs> so yeah, but that's what it, that's what a free spirit is, and you can theoretically do those as well. Um,
2: as a player <sighs> character? Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of them. I've never really been a big fan of the metavariants and all of those guys. Just because they they really push the credibility. Because you can play a naga, dude. You can play an intelligent snake creature. These are things that don't think like people. Metahumans at least think like humans. So we can wrap our minds around what they're like. These non Sapien or these sapient non-meta types are weird. It, you have to have kind of a weird disconnect in your own brain, I think, to be able to play one effectively for long-term character play. You
2: Nothing know, this proves my point that I don't want to go ahead and admit this, but it's like they're begging for people to play the game. And it's like, I don't care what you like. Are you a baseball player? Well, baseball players are race. You know, like... <laughs>
1: The Runner's Companion is where it gets... It's... It's an entire book of options.
2: Well, John, you like candy? No. Do You like football? No. <laughs> Do you like me yeah. touching you in the Nutter Zone? Yeah. <laughs> well, you can play an ABLA member and shadow Run.
1: Right. Like- <laughs> right. I mean, and there is some some question about what... Why some of the things that exist exist. I mean... In some ways. Other ways, I think that there's some really neat options there. Out of all of those options, the only one that I really like are the Surged.
2: Yeah, no. Or Surged Changelings. Pretty awesome. So, and Changelings, like I said, I don't know a lot about at all.
1: Well, but. Changelings and the Surged are the same thing. It's just a different name for
2: them. Well, form. I know. It's, well, no, is it a different name for the two? Or they, is is changeling a sub-member of the Surged?
1: No, that's what they are.
2: Oh, okay. So it's kind change, of interchangeable yeah okay
1: yeah and do you know why they're called the surged
2: surG little e and d that's an acronym it is for
1: uh, for technically hold on let me let me dig it up here so that I give it to you, you directly that's my question. So I'm, I'm giving it to you directly so that you don't mess it up. Because I know you well enough to know that you'll mess it up if I just try to throw it at you. Super and
2: urine retard generate.
1: No. That's okay. not what it is. It is, it stands for sudden, which is the S U. R is recessive. G, genetic. E-expression, so sudden recessive genetic expression surge, and those were actually caused by Haley's comet in '61. When it passed close enough, yeah, it actually set off a new magical wave that started the surge. I knew that much. So, as well. So yeah, it's been nine years game-wise. So they're a little more accepted. They're not as freaky generally as, you know, orcs and trolls were. Yeah. So people, you know, I mean, what's the harm in a cute little cat girl or, you know, a dog boy or whatever? I mean, they, they got a lot less crap for being what they are. Whereas, like, I actually took and I created my own surged character that was really screwy looking.
2: Actually that.
1: Um, in the earlier days you didn't have a lot of guidelines. You could you had a lot of free flow ability to change how they looked and what they did and everything. And
2: free flow ability?
1: yeah, like well you could just as a as a creator of them, you weren't there weren't like these real strict rules on them when they first came out you had a lot of flexibility in what you created with them. So I actually had one that I called crygender, and it actually stood for cryptic gender because one side of the person's body was female, and the other side was male.
2: So, so wait, well, which, front? which front? Like the like left to right. Okay, so half a penis and half a vagina?
1: No. Please tell
2: me you drew a picture.
1: No. Uh, it was a hermaphrodite, actually.
2: So top is female, bottom is male?
3: Uh,
1: no. <laughs> left to right was male specifics. and female, and, and the gender portions both had... It was it was both both of them worked.
2: Okay, so the man junk was on the right, and the
1: gender no. was on the left? No.
2: <laughs> I need specifics.
1: Uh, look up she-males.
4: <laughs> top and bottom.
1: Yeah, but you had it backwards, dude. You what said female on top.
2: Well, oh, I don't. Okay, whatever. <laughs> I was, I was thinking left and right, like half a junk. Like, yeah, no, no. Half it was, it,
1: it, The, the concept is, is that it was actually a guy, who had had this happen to him, and he completely embraced it. He even started up like a series of nightclubs in cities where the Surge were. That's all that you would find in there. It was a place for them to develop their own culture. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, and that was... In those days, you had a lot... In the earlier days of the whole concept of surged characters, you, you had a lot of flexibility that you don't have, where now they've got a lot more confined rules on stuff. Yeah. Of how things work. So. So, yeah. But I think that's enough of that. I think we need to move on to the next thing. Because it is that time.
3: Are there
2: more questions?
1: There are no more questions. That is actually the end of the questions with a noob.
2: Alright guys, well so. well here is done for tonight. I'll see you next year. <laughs> no?
1: No? No, you're still here. So right, do we, we have, have voicemail? We have a voicemail that is very, very old, folks. Um it is from Noir Fatal from eons ago. Basically what happened is is I had a my motherboard crashed and we were hacked and I had all these other problems going on and I thought I had actually lost this file. Just last week I found it crawling around on a hard drive that I had sitting around here that I plugged in dead serious i plugged it in i pulled my hard drive out of my mother out of my new laptop replaced it with a new one or with this old one and just happened to have my external hard drive plugged in i basically was able to save all of the original data recording stuff from the first 3 episodes even okay. that are on that hard drive along with this voicemail that i had said that i was going to release a long time ago <laughs> Here we go with a voicemail from Noir
4: Fatal. Hi, Chummer. This is Noir Fatal from Montreal. I wanted to drop you a line about your podcast to say how much I love it. It's excellent. It's interesting, insightful, and it's good, both for newbies and veteran alike. So, anyway, keep up the good work and please do some more podcasts. I know, with real life and all those corporations on your six, it's pretty hard sometimes to keep up. But still, don't give up. Uh, we really appreciate the work you're doing out there. And uh, I must say, I'm fooling around with my audio recording software pretty much for the first time because after listening to your podcast, the idea of doing my own is slowly growing on me. But my podcast foo is still in. The early stage and my English still needs some polishing. But anyway, uh, I'd like to do uh, some small things. Maybe talk about subjects that I like a lot like Technomancers for example. I'd love to do a small podcast about how to build a good, potentially uh, interesting Technomancer from character generation because after going to several forum I've got a feeling that a lot of people just don't know how to handle them and uh, other subjects like that and maybe talk about my uh, campaign a bit and uh, ideas that might be helpful both to players and game master alike so uh, anyway if you're interested just drop me a line and uh if you've got some advice or comments about the way I edited the audio file, my pronunciation, anything at all, just feel free to send me some constructive comments. I'm always happy to hear them. And I'm, as I said, in the learning process. So, anyway, that will be that for me. So I'm signing off. And like we say in Quebec, garde tes munitions, tire juste et deal jamais. Jenny, Erika <laughs> yeah. So that's it, Chummer. See you next time. Laufital signing off. All right.
2: First and foremost, his English is far better than mine.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, he, he does really good. Um, I haven't heard anything from him since this, which I'm really sad to say because he... Uh, we were originally talking at one point about him putting together just a segment for the show on doing technomancers and because I i heard the file and then I lost it all. And so yeah, i I would actually be he is, as far as I know, one of the big guys that really loves technomancers.
2: Hey, that was during the big crash of two thousand
1: nine. That was in fact the big crash of two thousand nine. When I <laughs> when I got hacked twice and uh, had a heart, I had a computer die, and I had so many recording issues with what I was doing that I just ended up scrapping a lot of stuff, and I ended up having to buy a new uh, a new laptop. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so but yeah, it, it's one of those things that I'm actually really intrigued by the idea of him doing a show. I think that would be really cool. Oh, Even yeah, if it yeah. was just like a couple of episodes you know, that he said, you know, I just want to do a couple of episodes. This is what I want to talk about.
2: Well, he said he wanted to do a short podcast, and that's right up your alley, right? Yes.
1: <laughs> yeah, 15 minutes or less, man. I like mine short. I got too oh, I... many other things to worry about it. So, but yeah, and I mean, and that's that's something that if he wanted to, I mean, if you really have a segment idea that really flows with what we're working on, I don't see any reason why we can't, if it's, if it's good, throwing it in and using it as a segment in the show if somebody's really that interested in doing it.
2: Yeah, that'd be awesome.
1: I mean, it's... It's one of those. I think on a case by case, we would need to, you know, really look at what they're doing and everything else before we made any kind of decision on it. But yeah, of course. I mean, if somebody's really interested in putting a segment together, feel free. And you know, maybe what we can do is even, if we have the time, because our timing is always so amazingly good for getting together to, you know, work on shows and stuff.
2: Zero moon. (laughs) Zero moon.
1: Yeah, that uh, eventually we'll get it all figured out and we'll be able to maybe get some people submitting a segment here and there and, you know, or actually adding you to the show if it's something that a lot of people are really interested in hearing about. Yeah. So, okay, so what's next?
2: I believe it's time to let people know that they have failed
1: how did they fail hero
2: because we're offering them absolutely free stuff not just free stuff but a free hidden grid shirt and Zen Zen decided that he would pay for shipping and everything all you have to do is send us a picture it didn't have to be a picture just send us a picture of audio I don't, I don't, I don't care something let us know that you enjoy the podcast or that you're in a shadow run, Cosplay, great idea. Best idea. Um, playing game with your friends. Just let us know this original picture and you have hidden grids somehow related to your submission. Um, art, draw a picture.
1: So uh, can I take a picture of just like a melting ice cube?
2: Well, right now, considering we have no submissions, your melting ice cube would absolutely win, and I would send you the <laughs> shirt you made, and I'd let you pay for it for me to send it to you right now. Really? Send a picture of an ice cube, and you will win right now. You have, I don't know, until the next zero moon. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so are we going to put a date on it, a final date?
2: Zero moon. Next zero moon.
1: <laughs> that means the next time we sit down to record, buddy.
2: Well, as long as there's a submission. And if if not, dude, I'll probably... No, I'm not going to... Never mind. I'll shut up now. <laughs> we don't want to be an X-rated forum, so I won't do that.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah, there, there's an explicit tag, but there is not ever <laughs> I can't stop somebody from lying about their age of birth on the website.
2: Hey, dude! I'm I'm so, totally like I'm a hot teen. I'm I'm barely legal, and I'll totally triple. Never. No. Mind. <laughs> I'll no. Triple explicit tag this site.
1: No, no, you won't. Oh. <laughs> All right. So, so basically, we don't have any contestants yet in the contest that is running. That's that was kind
2: of the point I was trying to make in about four words.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> people, get some ideas together. Get on the forums and post pictures of your stuff,
3: yeah,
2: or drawings or
1: anything like that.
2: Yeah, dude, Shadow Run boobs, whatever it takes. Hidden Grid, that's all that matters.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, no, now now that that's over with, uh, (laughs) (laughs) let's just go to our uh, you know like some of these awesome new street dates that have come out. Indeed, indeed. So. October twenty seventh we have two new street dates. One is going to be for a new product and one and the other is a reprint of a very sadly missed book. The very sadly missed book is going to be Street Magic. They're finally doing a reprint of it. They didn't even have copies of it at Gen Con.
2: I thought you got the last copy of Gen Con. No, I didn't. <laughs> I don't
1: do things like that. I do that at Origins. <laughs> where I buy up all of their like, I bought a third of the uh, the 20th anniversary books when they were first released. Yeah. yeah, I bought like a third. I think a third of them. I bought like four or five copies. <laughs> <laughs> and they were giving away for a day. Nice. The first day I actually bought Every one that they no, I bought three. They can only sell one more. And then okay, the next so day, I bought two.
2: GenCon, are you looking for a book from the Catalysts? And some Come find me asshole <laughs> purchased all of them in bulk. Uh,
1: yeah. <laughs> well, but the other thing is, is that the third installment, finally, in the Artifact series, is going to be released then too. Darkest Hour. Now, Darkest Hour, I believe they actually had it at DragonCon and maybe Gen Con. But uh, those were not actual street dates. Those were just they had copies of it, and they were selling whatever they had at the show. And so, yeah, that was, that was what they had. And they sold whatever they had. I think they sold out of all of them. So they didn't have anything in the pipeline as far as street dates for them because they had sold them all, I think. I could be wrong on that one. I don't remember specifically because I was working so much at Gen Con that I really don't remember at Dragon Con. But they might have had them. But I know that the street date, which means that they're going to be able to be bought at your local gaming store or your online venue of preference, will be available on the 27th. So go out and buy the books, Please. Buy them all. Buy up Street Magic again. Force these guys to redo a fourth or a fifth printing. Oh. I think. I think they're up to three at least.
2: And send them all to Hero.
1: <laughs> well, you need to get one because you're going to be playing a a magical character in a in an upcoming
2: missions game. For missions game.
1: <laughs> Which is, you know, come on now. It's gonna be sexy.
2: Yeah, I'm all for Since... it, man. I'm excited as hell. And like I had like a for anybody who's actually painters in forums, I had my
1: whole character idea,
2: my character concept created, and I was starting to build a character, and then I assure you that I said, Hey Zen, let's let the Forumites create the noob's character because I'm an idiot and I don't know what I really want. But I have an idea. But I'm loving the changeling so far. People are saying go for changeling and giving me certain traditions I should go for. So I'm digging it. So keep posting on the forum. Keep letting me know what I'm going to be playing and I'll, I'll I'll play the character.
1: Cool. Yeah, and you guys will actually get to see that character here. I'm going to say tentatively because at this point it is tentative that the SR Chronicles podcast is going to go live December 1st. Okay. I'm going to say tentative. I would like for it to come live December 1st at the latest. Um, and then that will be a... Actually, that will be a three-time-a-month podcast.
2: Next Sunday,
1: I'm probably out. Well, uh, um, we're not going to worry about that just now. But we we will be we will be working on getting that up and running. And also, we the two of us and a few other or somebody else are also working on another web thing too called Seize the GM, which is going to be a a GM-centric blog with uh, weekly posts, like big, long weekly posts, about a a topic just in general about running games. So Hero's writing one, I'm writing one, and Null no Operations is actually writing. Um, and right now, I think we're actually looking for a fourth writer to take up a spot so that we're only writing one article a week for that and then I'm trying to also write up a once a week article for the Hidden Grid blog not the actual podcast feed but the other feed that is in there that's just the blog so but yeah that's where we're at with all of that fun stuff Yeah. so I think uh, I think that is a good place to wrap it up since we're at way too long. <laughs> way, way too long. I'll just say that much. Um, and it's making me sad that it's gonna be this long. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Welcome to my world.
1: So, but let's go ahead and call this one wrapped for now. Oh. So, Shoot straight, conserve ammo, and never, ever deal with a dragon. Or a hero. Or a hero. Hidden Grid is released under a Creative Commons 3.0 share alike license. Music is Kilo by Leica Cresh.
0: Thank you.